Hello, on this warriors. Welcome to Mind Blowing Health and Wellness with Violet, Patch Hat Edition. I'm Violet. And I'm Pat. Today, we're talking about how to stay focused when you're doing a ketogenic lifestyle. Uh, we had a question. You wanna... Yeah, we had a very interesting question, actually, from uh, from Mandel RV. What causes withdrawal and what symptoms to, us to expect? Before you jump in, like what I would like to, to start the conversation with is that the main problem is that sugar is not a food. Sugar, like we all often say that, sugar is a substance. And you get acti- addicted to that sub- substance. When you stop, like when you embark on your uh, keto lifestyle and you stick to your 20 grams of, sugar, of carbs or less, there's a good chance you're going to experiment some withdrawal symptoms like out of that. Of course. Right? Okay, so there's like the physical, right? Because my brain is looking for that dopamine reaction that it's going to have, so that pleasure feeling when I eat sugar. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is that there's an endorphin. So basically, there's a lot of feel-good hormones that get released when I eat sugar. Mm-hmm. Scientists have already shown that the part of your brain that reacts to sugar is the same part of your brain that reacts to hard drugs. So if I know that, then yes, of course, there's going to be some withdrawal symptoms. Here's the positive, though. I learned, not in time to save myself, but I did learn that you can actually have um, less symptoms. It doesn't mean there can be zero, but you can have less symptoms if you increase the amount of salt that you're, you're taking. Now, part of the reason we have withdrawal symptoms, because when you take sugar out of your, your life, sugar holds water so not only are my losing that reaction mentally but i'm also losing water and so dehydration set coming in but on top of that i'm also losing minerals mm-hmm. so now when i start losing different minerals i'm going to be in a hormone imbalance i'm going to be in all kinds of imbalances and of course that makes me feel like really 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 bad mm-hmm. which d talks about here in his withdrawal like the symptoms that you have yeah. of withdrawal what i want to point out though is that if i add salt at the minimum, I, I take away that loss of all those minerals. You're still not having the sugar, but you're not having all those minerals going out in your urine. And so it minimizes those withdrawal symptoms. Now, on a phys- but, but for people like uh, that are wondering, like on, until like since the video started, the withdrawal symptoms that we're talking about is the keto flu, the infamous keto flu, right? Like yeah. like uh, everybody's referring to that, like uh, like it's the most horrible thing that can happen to you, and it's enough to to kick you out of your that the journey you just embarked on. But it's not the case. Like honestly, it lasts a couple of days for the people that that went like cut the sugar like from day one like you did i think you had a couple like uh, three days rough, like three three rough days we joked like about that in the past like for me i went progressively and it wasn't physically rough but like you seem to be to be saying that i was like a little bit uh um how would i say <laughs> it was emotionally Just, rough <laughs> emotionally rough i was a bit more grumpy that was i was i was looking uh, for but like yeah so so withdrawal symptoms keto flu like they're the same, we, so. we tr- I noticed that when it comes to a lot of health things, we put these cute words mm. on things that are actually yeah. happening, right? Withdrawal symptoms got translated to keto flu. Yeah. I mean, it's not a flu. You, you, you haven't caught a bug mm. or a virus. It's, it's, it's actually your body reacting mm. to the fact that yesterday we ate 300 grams of carbohydrates mm-hmm. and today we barely got 20. Eventually, my body's going to react to that. Um, you know, the other funny little word that we love to throw around is cravings rather than addiction, mm. right? It's an addiction, right? Mm. Yeah. 
Because guess what? When that alcoholic is craving alcohol, nobody's excusing the cute little, oh, you're having cravings? No. Yeah. Looking at him agree. like he's a yeah. drunk, and not, right? Or not being <laughs> nice about that. So we need to be a bit more realistic with ourselves because it, it's, it's an addiction that we all, I mean, it's amazing that this whole world is walking around addicted to the substance and nobody's talking, well, hardly anybody's talking about it. Mm. We're trying to change that, it's guys. You know, share this mm. video. We need to be talking about yeah. this. It's funny because I have uh, no later than last week a colleague of me that asked me. I think he wants to embark on on the the keto journey, and he asked me, "Say, oh, Pipe, like, uh, does it hurt?" <laughs> like his question was really like, "Does it hurt <laughs> getting into keto?" But I think he was referring to the keto flu, and like, and he was a little bit scared of of like what would happen to him. But like, yeah, you. you if you do all the, the the right things and you you really cut your your grams of carb to 20 from day one what i didn't do but like it's probably better if you do it like that and add some salt if you uh, add the salt apparently it's not as but, bad <laughs> but what, what okay but what yeah what, what were your symptoms what were your symptoms i had a headache that was sincere and it was a headache that lasted about a day and a half first of all you know in my youth I had migraines that lasted days. This wasn't new. So I've had headaches like that before. But when I was comparing it to what my hip was feeling, I was willing to live the headache and try to get through the headache to get to the other side of what I was being told was going to be better health for my hip. So, you know, you're you're in my mind I was trading well, I didn't know how many days at that point, but I was trading in my, I thought it was going to be a headache that would last a few hours. It ended up lasting a day and a half, but I thought I was trading that for being able to walk up and down the stairs. I wanted to be able to walk up and down the stairs. <laughs> like you don't understand what it is to be 43, I think it was at the time and, and not be able to walk up. Like, like you're talking like great grandmother scenario that I'm living at 43. I was willing to go through the headache. Yeah. What other symptoms did I have? Um, I was hungry, even though I ate. Okay. And I couldn't seem to satiate my hunger for some reason. Mm. That was a thing. Um, that's when I learned about adding more fat. I hadn't, I, again, I just cut the carbs, right? So I didn't, I learned about you adding a bit more yeah, fat. Yeah, I remember you didn't add fat. I didn't no. add any extra so, fat so to my day. Have... I didn't really realize that that was the thing. I just so had learned. that to... scenario, you were like low fat. I was low, low fat, low carb, <laughs> yeah. So you were lacking energy. So I was yeah. starving, even though I was eating. Yeah. Um, what else you, did I have? You need to realize that you you cut out the substance, so you might be a little bit more um, like on edge. I guess would be. Well, I'd have to ask you that question because I don't remember. Was I on edge that weekend? I know we were. I know we I saw each other, yeah. but but I don't know if I was on edge that weekend. I don't think so. I probably was just yeah. sleeping because whenever I get a headache, I sleep. Yeah. So I probably I just spent the whole day sleeping, and like you probably just didn't see me much. Mm -hmm. um, that's what I do when I get a headache because I don't like taking medication. So, which probably you tried to give me some medication. I probably got oh, maybe. that might have made me mad, but, <laughs> but yeah. So I was. I don't remember okay. any other symptoms. I'm trying to think. Did I okay. have any other symptoms? But what what was there to expect? Like from what we've read, like so far. Oh, you can get all so. the symptoms of a withdrawal, mm. right? So you could get um, chills. Uh, you can get like. Um, I mean, you can be grumpy and in a bad mm. mood. You can be like all. Basically, when you're any withdrawal, potentially has the same possibilities. The good thing about keto is that, it, again, it lasts three days. I actually feel like the fact that when I when the headache hit me, I went to sleep and I just spent like a good portion of that time sleeping. The good news there was that I was also not eating, which just pushed me into ketosis faster, 
right? Because I think I probably, I don't even think I ate supper that day, if I remember correctly. I was like, I was, my head was not in a good place. Mm. Um, but that probably just, I know this now looking back, it probably pushed me into ketosis even faster so that I didn't yeah. eat. Did, what did, I'm trying to think, like, I know that you didn't have well, many symptoms except no, for, for the me, grumpiness. But. Yeah, but for me, I went like, I don't like, I didn't, maybe I didn't trust myself to be able to do it from day one like you did. So for me, it was more like a progressive uh, carb elimination from my diet. So I took out everything that was like sweet, dessert, desserty. I was like, uh, I had a sweet tooth. I still have, so I need to be careful, but I had a sweet tooth. Uh, so dessert were the first uh, things to go away. After pasta, rice, I finished with the bread. The whole process took, I think, about a month. So, but I, even towards the end, I was eating like the lower, the, the lowest carb bread that I could find. And it was like, not that bad. I think one slice was like 10 gram or something like that, but I was buying it and it was in the fridge and like ended up spoiling. So I didn't even had the, the pull toward that bread that often. I'd rather like the morning eat eggs, like, because at that time I was probably still doing three meals a day, but like, I was like going towards the eggs for the, the breakfast and meat and veggies. If, if you like doing it progressively is an, not, is another option that I think is going to be probably less, uh, less hard on your body, but you need to have a clear plan. I think like to, uh, to get to that because you're still holding, you still have carbs in your, in your system, but you're probably going to go from 300, like you said, to 200, to 100, to 50, and then eventually to your 20. Actually, I think the funny thing is how long you stayed around 100 before, like, I feel like you could have been faster to keto, but like, oh. again, there's that, that psychological thing of like still wanting to eat these mm -hmm. things because like, yeah, it's, that's the part I find hard for a lot of people when you still have that few little things that you can eat, that's still giving you the hit and then like making that decision that I'm actually taking them out. But again, I feel like. I, I had such a motivation, mm. right? Like, couldn't walk up the stairs. Yeah. So it, it's different when you have a huge motivation versus when you're doing it, well, you're doing it because you see your spouse doing it, right? But yeah. like, it's not the same thing when you have like a something that's really, you're scared for. I was scared. Like, I was scared. Mm. Actually scared. But honestly, I, I did it for sure. I didn't do the, all the research you did. Like, you started as oh like it works it doesn't look that bad so i i follow you but i got scared too like my uh, to be honest like at the beginning my my blood pressure went to a point where i really like if i don't do something like i need to go get some medication for that and seeing at the time all the articles about oh this medication like they made a link with cancer they made a link with the other problems i was like oh no, that like this is this seems to be the worst kind of medication to take for sure, like my blood pressure with that lifestyle went lower, still a little bit like on the edge of being too high, but like, um, so that's why I want to keep like pushing in the next, in the coming weeks. Although um, luckily your blood pressure is still in a good place. Mm. So that's the interesting thing too, right? Like when you do low carb, you still can be like pretty okay. So like your blood pressure has maintained mm. and you still yeah. like getting good numbers whenever we check. Yeah. But it's still good. I think I, I agree with you. Like getting back to eating like really well is is great. But yeah. like I I'm just just pointing out to people mm -hmm. that so this is the other thing that I think happens sometimes is that people will do a healthy ketogenic lifestyle and then if they're not going to continue on their healthy ketogenic lifestyle they'll go back to eating normally. And like I'm very very happy that you didn't do that. Like you mm -hmm. went from eating a, a ketogenic lifestyle to eating low carb. Mm -hmm which at least it kind of keeps you in this position where you needed to be ready to like be 
back full in and say, okay, like I'm, do- I'm really doing that mm. again. And this goes back to the other thing that I often talk about, which is like when you come to something mostly for weight loss, your motivation to stay with it is not the same as when you came to it because you were, in my, in my case, really afraid, like uh, I wouldn't be able to walk or whatever. Like, I mean, yes, it did give you the benefit of the good blood pressure. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that we actually thought that, that was what was going to happen when you started. I think you started because you saw me doing it and it was like it, mm-hmm. I was actually losing weight and it was one of your goals. But I feel like now you're going back to it because you did have like you see the benefit of the health mm-hmm. parts. So I feel like your, your, your motivation has switched a little bit in terms of like why you're doing it the second time. Yeah. Right. So but I, and I feel like this is something that happens to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But to be honest, also being on a low carb can work if you have like a, a clear clear idea of what you can eat and what like your carbs are coming from problem is that you still like getting even if you do like my my estimates are around maybe 50 to 70 grams of carbs per day coming from whole foods like that that's a thing i I'm, i don't allow cookies or i don't yeah. still don't allow dessert and stuff mm. so so mostly but like oh the i say that but like the little bite of ice cream that like sometimes you see me take and so so the, that's the problem with low carb is that like the, the door's pull, open the door's open and <laughs> the door is still there and they're even more sneaky because it's just this it's just that and you still like i think uh feeding your addiction in some way that's what's pushing me to to go back to tracking and to weighing and i uh, yes i absolutely agree with you i think the thing that i was just pointing out is that I'm proud of you that you at least didn't go back to like full on yeah. eating standard American diet, which a lot of people yeah. do. Mm. It's so sad to me when I watch some people in the videos and they're like, they're, you can, they, they're confessing that they're back to normal diet. Mm. And it's like, you know, so I, th- I feel like at least being aware of if for some reason you have to be struggling right now to keep on your good ketogenic lifestyle, going to low carb is still better than going back to standard Canadian diet, standard American diet. Right. Because, you know, at least you're keeping yourself at a better place and then you can always come back to keto, though still yo-yo dieting. I'm not suggesting that you do this on purpose. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is that if for some reason you're not able to do it, although I think you can. <laughs> but I feel yeah. like the way that you did it, if you're going to do something, it was the better way to do it. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so but uh, you know what? I think like, you know, having support. Because the truth is, when I was doing keto before you were ever doing anything, you did support me in what I was doing, even though you didn't understand at the time. Mm -hmm. And so you didn't, like, tempt me with meals that you knew I loved. You just cooked things that that, that I was able to eat. Mm -hmm. And vice versa is that when we eat together, Mm -hmm. even though you're eating a higher carb count count than me, it's like I really never had anything to say about what you were eating anyway. But... But the flip side of the coin is that when I was cooking at home, if I was making things, I always made sure that I had things that you were going to be able to eat. Mm. I feel like if we support each other. The good thing about supporting your spouse is that then it's their decision, right? Because I'm super happy to hear that you're planning to go back to tracking, but it had nothing to do with me. That was your mm. decision. And I think what people don't understand, and I, I didn't understand this at the beginning either, because honestly, I was all over my family trying to push them to do keto. Mm. But then you start to realize that if they want it, they're going to go get it. And the same way that like, as much as I wanted you to be doing it, like when you were ready to go back to doing it, I, you're going to go back to doing it. And and now you're telling me that you are. So, yay. Doesn't yeah. <laughs> we had like a comment uh, about that also with, with another um, of our viewer trying to convince their family and they're like, like there was no, uh, no response at all on that, uh, on that front. But like, 
you can do it at like they have to come up with with it actually i just made a video recently about like why i talk about keto and and yeah. the family members that i'm worried about and i'll link that up very good video yeah but i think that it's so important for us to really just focus on health so going back to the question okay so mendel like brought couple interesting ideas question about addiction that you covered in the past video so like we invite Mendel to go to go watch the two parts video about like the physical and psychology psychological part of addiction uh, suggested ways to keep focus how do we keep focus on on your keto with all the the, the, the symptoms that might arise how you do know, you do it oh, but you, you had a pretty good like uh, uh, end goal that was your hip when people decide to eat better a lot of the time it's about weight mm. and the problem that I see with that is that what happens when you reach your goal weight all of a sudden your motivation to eat this way whatever this way happens to be is gone and so one of the things that I try to help people to think about is that if my goal for eating this way is bigger than just weight then chances are even when I reach my goal weight I'm gonna keep doing it now we see this we see how people for example vegans who their goal is the planet in the face of not feeling well will keep eating that way mm. because their goal is bigger than them and they're willing to sacrifice themselves I, I, I'm not suggesting this is right I'm just saying we see it right that I've talked to vegans who are not healthy who are in poor shape and they're still convinced that this is better for the planet okay I'm not saying you have to be that extreme but what happens if I make a goal that's actually towards my benefit And maybe the benefit of the world too sure if I'm in better health hmm. so if my goal is my health doesn't my family benefit if I'm in better better health doesn't my work benefit so all the people that I help at work they benefit if I'm in better health aren't I in a position in my better health if I'm going to advocate for the planet to advocate for the planet the truth is is that if I make my goal better health Better health is something that you work on every single day because better health is something that you have to work on every single day. You know, those people that suggest to you to eat carbs and then you can go work out to get rid of it. The truth is, is that you can't work out away a poison that you ate. You just can't. Mm -hmm. However, though, I do agree with the part where go work out. Why? Because if I know that every, if I want to stay strong, that every day working out is what's going to help me to stay strong. Mm -hmm. Guess what I'm going to do? I'll work out and I'm going to do it when all the time why because I want to stay strong like this idea that it's something that I do and will always do towards me having this thing that I want because if I don't do it the thing goes away right the same way that if I stop going to work the boss stops paying me well if I stop eating properly my body stops getting the benefit of me eating properly so if I want to feel good You just said one word that uh, that actually like uh, got it got me an idea. Like the wise, your wise. Like you 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 often think talk about your wise. Like your wise have to be clear. Write them down. Like have it like visually somewhere. Like I think it's a good way to 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 keep your focus on what you want to uh, to attain. So write your goals, keep them in sight, so they're there and you know what you're doing that for. Uh, question I have is. And probably the the, the 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 question behind this uh, this thing that um, that Mendel uh, has uh, a craving. What do you do with a craving? 
well, you I think you covered it in like in the last two videos, but like shortly, like if you have a craving, you have a family, I buy for example, I buy the cookies for my kids. Of course you're gonna have cravings, especially at the beginning. What do you do with cravings? Okay, so like I was always that person who bought stuff for my daughter and in my brain would label it my daughter's and then therefore Violet doesn't touch it. Ninety-nine percent of the time she would play the game and she would never offer me any. If she offers it to me, then it becomes for me too. And then I'm in trouble, right? And she knew the game. She played the game. So I would buy her stuff. And a lot of times she was even nice enough to choose the kind of things that she knows I don't particularly like. I have nice kids. So this, what I'm saying right now is probably not going to work for most people because you weren't playing that game to begin with. I've been doing this since I had her because I know if I bring too much junk in the house, right, I would eat it before her. My daughter is that girl that can eat one cookie out of a package and be like, I'm okay. And like the package is going to sit there for weeks, <laughs> right? So I had to play that game. What I would really suggest for everybody else on the planet who's not going to be able to just buy the stuff and say it doesn't belong to me, what I would do is, and this is what I suggest to all my all the people I talk to who want to start a ketogenic lifestyle, your family loves you. That's reality. They want you around. So for one month, there's no junk in the house. Yeah. We're talking about one month. Why one month? It's probably going to take you about four weeks to get through that cravings part, that physical, mm, I need, I need it. Mm. If it's not there, you're not going to, most people are not going to get up out of their house and go to the store to buy a chocolate bar. Right, most people, even me in my craziness, I never did that. So if you plan it properly and let your family understand, you guys want junk food, eat it outside the house, yeah. right? Your husband can do that for you. If your kids are old enough, they can do that for you. And if your kids are too young to do that for you, you control their food anyway. So for one month, they don't eat junk. Or buy it's the not junk a big you don't deal. Like. <laughs> or, or buy junk that you don't like. Although I have to say when you're craving stuff, you oh, yeah. end up eating whatever is there. But but you know like for me, it's funny because it happened like last week. Uh, I was buying um, oatmeal like the big oatmeal cookies for one of my son. But like actually the last couple of weeks, like he, he he ate it kind of like less and less and less, and they started bugging me, and I was like, okay, uh, like I'm not buying them anymore. But again, like the granola bars that are besides or the little. Um, little um fruit little squishies squishies <laughs> yeah they don't they don't like call me at all even though i know they're sweet like i don't i couldn't care less about those in a book that i've read like in the past too you need to be able to learn how to say no to yourself like if you have a craving be and and like this this image like from that book was so simple and it can and it can work sometimes like it's hard sometimes but like it did for me uh in the past just say no thank you no, thank you to yourself. Like, you just like, you, you have to accept the craving. It's there. Don't try to push it away. Like, just try to find why you have that craving. What's happening? Are mm -hmm. you bored? Why you want to eat something? Like, uh, uh, did, did you have a fight with your spouse? Like, you, you, you talk about that often too. So just try to, to find the source of the craving and acknowledge it, accept it. But you just say, no, thank you. Mm -hmm. And go for a walk. Get out of the kitchen. <laughs> I think the, the important piece you said there is why am I having the craving? Mm. A lot of the times we don't let ourselves realize that I want this because and there's something else happening there that's actually pushing this mm. behavior. The other thing I want to say is that when you're looking at the food, because the truth is, okay, we can take all the junk out of the house, but there might still be rice or other things. Now the, the question is, okay, when I'm cooking for my family, how much 
do I actually need to cater to what they want versus how much should I be putting what's healthy for all of us on the table? My point is this. A lot of the times we make plates where it's excessively high in carbohydrate. It's not because we are eating like rice, for example, that you need a mountain of rice. So even at that, like I could still cook foods that even for them that are healthier and like so good vegetables and just make less of the stuff that's not great. Is it going to stop me from craving it when everyone else is having a little bit of rice and I'm not having any? No, it's not going to stop me from craving it. What's really going to stop me from craving it is, is really answering the question of, is that food helping me be healthy? Is that food helping me attain my goals? And I think when we allow ourselves to really ask that question, we get a different answer as to whether or not we want to eat that thing, right? Because all of a sudden it's like, well, no, I don't want to eat that thing. Mm. Like, what do we do with the cravings? Address them. Mm. You have to look right at your craving and say, why is this happening? Why? What is it that's causing me to want this right now? Of all the things I could be wanting, why a cookie? Or, or, or why rice even? It might be rice. That's the other thing that's so weird. We think we're only going to crave the fun stuff. We, cra when, <laughs> we crave it all. Interesting idea that Mandel brings a little bit further in his comment. So it's the behavior of eating bad food is ingrained even when physical cravings leave. Like there's something wrong or I'm doing something wrong when I don't eat certain foods. So basically he's linking his psychological part with the physical part. Basically I, what I hear when that sentence is read is that those are the ways that I take care of myself. So even though I know that this food is bad for me, when I don't eat it, then I feel like I'm doing something wrong, oh, right? Because okay. I didn't take care of me. And I feel like part of this is finding another way to take care of yourself, mm -hmm. doing other things that are good for you besides eating comfort foods, right? And I feel like a lot of people don't realize that they do that. And then when they don't do it, so, you know, like, even that idea that, well, oh, I have to eat grandma's oatmeal cookies, mm. right? Because, because that's the way grandma takes care of me. She makes me special treats and whatever. And you know what? There's a part of me that understands that because the other thing that grandma does, at least I know my grandma used to do it. My grandmother made the best pone once a year. Mm. She didn't make it all the time because mm -hmm. that stuff's fattening. <laughs> But once a year, she would make the best cassava pone. Urgh, delicious, right? And she'd make a tray for my dad, and then we'd get a tray as kids, <laughs> and everybody would get a tray. She made a lot, and it's like, it was once a year, once a right? Because it was a, a real treat. treat. Mm. Not something that she's making to kill us. <laughs> but like, you know, it's just like, Grandma was only making you those cookies once in a while because you're her whatever, loved you grandson, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's not all the time. When we turn around and we are self-soothing with these poor quality yeah. foods, we're hurting ourselves. So that self-soothing part, like when you're in, a, in an addictive scenario, it's our own way to take care of you. It's the way we know how to take care of ourselves. Like you said, you just need to find other healthier way to take care of ourselves. But the problem is like with that taking care of part of ourselves, that more mental, there's often that physical pull towards the substance question the substance or the behavior because in the last video you talk, also talked uh, you know in our last video you talked about the behavior part also so gambling uh driving fast could be also mm -hmm. addictive but uh, but I, again i think the 
Sorry. Out driving fast could be like, I, I just failed to see where, let's say you, you have a, a hit or a dopamine hit when you drive fast and you, how's that taking care of yourself? It's a way of diverting your feelings from the bad story the, into something else. Uh, okay, so you, yeah, you push away the the. Yeah, it's an avoidance technique. The crap that okay, the crap that's happening in your life. Okay. Yeah, but I think the important thing that he mentioned yeah. there was that he he already put down the craving part. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's that emotional yeah. thing that he was talking about. So yeah, so I do feel like that's another thing that does happen to a lot of people where mm -hmm. they don't recognize that they it would be great to find another way to take care of you. So thanks, Mandel, for the great question. It was nice talking about how to stay on track, stay focused, mm -hmm. attain your goals. I want to thank you for watching Mind Blowing Health and Wellness with Violet, Patch Hat Edition. Love making these videos for you guys. T-shirts, yeah. um, Patreon in the description below. If you thought this was interesting, share it because maybe there's other people who want to know how to stay focused. Like and like and the yeah, we're just doing all the things now, <laughs> man. <laughs> we're just doing all the things. Yeah. Let me use video for you guys. Can't wait to talk to you again next week. Talk to you next week. <laughs>